0: Hello, I'm your host, Bobby King, and I'm here to talk with you about something that you might not expect. This podcast is a place where we talk to people who are willing to share their thoughts on the church today. This will be pastors, Christians, non-Christians, the average church attender, other religious members, people who have never experienced church before. I want to give people the opportunity to have true and open conversation. Join us on the couch of your mind for church conversation. what's up guys it's Bobby King and I am with a special guest today this is Kaylee Williams me and Kaylee went to high school together we were friends and all of that kind of fun stuff but we've been able to kind of stay in touch through social and all that fun stuff I always love the things that she's got going on and doing in her life and it's just been cool to see that from you know a distance but that's the cool part about social media is you get to still be a part of people's lives even when they're not around but Kaylee, Tell the people of Church Conversations who you are, what what you're about, what you're doing, a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Hi, my name is Dr. Kaylee Williams. I am based out of Arizona right now, but I will be moving back to the DFW very, very soon. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. I am a naturopathic doctor and I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist. So I do a lot of a lot of things.
0: That's super dope. So is that what naturopathic means is like, it's the acupuncture doctors and that it's stuff.
1: Holistic medicine. So we cool. can prescribe medication, but if we, we try not to at least um, yeah. we try other lifestyle changes and herbs and all kinds of things. So I love it. I love it. I love it.
0: That's super dope. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, sweet. Okay. So you're in Arizona, you know, what is there? I know some cool like churches and things like that out in Arizona, but like yeah. what, What is, what's church life for you? What's been church experience, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah. So I belong to Faith Christian Center, also known as FCC Phoenix. Okay. I I absolutely love that church. Pastor is great. I've been there for now about, let's see, I've been here for five years. So I've probably been with them for about four years and I absolutely love it.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, essentially the the main question that everybody kind of tunes into this podcast for is what is your definition of church?
1: Ooh, okay. Well, although I do belong to a church right now, I think during the pandemic, I was able to kind of revamp that question because no one was going anywhere to any building. And so very cliche answer I'm about to give, but it is definitely your relationship, your personal relationship with God and then whatever people that you have around you in their relationship. It's definitely not a building because I had to revamp that whole thing during the pandemic. That was That was nuts. It was a nuts time. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's it's insane. And it's just cool to see that, you know, one big experience life thing that everybody had to deal with has pivoted and changed stuff. Right. And so it really brought it down to, you know, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible doesn't talk about going to a four wall building that has a garage door to where you can wheel in and out camera equipment and and speakers like no like that's not what it is it's it's the people it's the body and so it's super cool that kind of the whole capital c church got to experience that almost that pivot of mind of where it's like oh man i've been going to church no you are the church like Mm -hmm. you're, you're a part of it like you know you get together and meet with your friends and you're having you know queso and chips i don't know if they even got good queso out there in arizona (laughs) But essentially, if you're having queso and chips with your family and friends like that's a church that's you know you're body believers so that's huge that's cool okay sweet well then with that like have has church always been a part of your life has you know it's something that came in later you know have you been raised and you know brought up in the church what what does that look like your church history a little bit Yeah. So yeah, I was brought up in the church, but my
1: background, as far as denominations are concerned, is kind of all over the place. I grew up in New Orleans, and if anybody knows anything about New Orleans, it's a Catholic cultural city. Um, Although most people there are like do not practice the Catholic faith, a lot of our holidays are are you know connected to the Catholic faith. So I I was christened Methodist, but I went to Catholic school for my middle school years and junior high years. I grew up in non-denominational churches. I went to Baptist churches with my grandmother. My grandfather's Catholic. So I have a mix of a lot of denominations falling under the Christian
0: umbrella. That's dope. And in in a lot of ways, you get really well-rounded. For sure. For sure. (laughs) I think you're going to jump on this as well. Like Every one of them, they got something about them that makes them not perfect, right? Yeah. We're, we're human. We're not. We're not God ourselves. We're not. Never gonna be a part of a perfect church either. This side of eternity, and so like with that, like you've kind of gotten to be like, oh well, I that's good, and I believe like that lines up biblically. Oh well, this thing over here also that lines up biblically, and essentially you've been able to formulate a very well-rounded mindset of like what church, what you know God looks like, what you know different things of biblical like knowledge and history and explanations look like that's super like cool and exciting. Cause I'm very similar with that. Like I've just experienced so many different religions and denominations and all those different things just through my life. Like when I, you know, grew up Mormon and all that stuff. And then yeah. you know, we converted like, well, we didn't know what was real. So we looked into everything and really got to almost lay everything on the table and be like, yeah, this one lines up with what I read here. And so that's super cool. Well, awesome. Okay. well, another question I have is the church is in a weird place in flux right now. So there's people that anything the church does, they hate it. Then there's things that, hey, every single thing the church does is perfect and we have to follow it because it is the best thing since sliced bread. Both of those stances are completely wrong in my mind. But essentially, like what is what is the church doing bad that it can improve on right now?
1: Wow, that's a hard question. <laughs> it's a loaded question. Um, I think it goes back to your original question, though. I think that people who are so, so very critical of churches tend to not have as strong of a relationship with their personal faith and their personal creator, right? Mm-hmm. Once you establish that relationship, you kind of realize that, everybody's on their own journey and doing the best they can, can, including the pastor that's giving you the sermon. And there are a lot of things, a lot of different theories and practices. Like we said, we grew up in all kinds of different churches. Um, And the one common thing is, if you don't have that strong, like if you don't go home after church and say, okay, God, what, what was that meant for me? You know, here's my life. Here was the sermon I had what what am i supposed to take away from it you're going to be constantly coming home and thinking to yourself what did the pastor say wrong or what other church do i need to go to because this isn't aligning with my particular lifestyle right now like you the church is is more than just you as a person it's it's bigger than you so um i think i think that's one thing that we could probably do differently
0: <laughs> cool do you got more Let's go for it. Uh, Go All of them. If you got it, it. roll out the the Rolodex list and just let that thing run.
1: Oh, you know, one that like, it it really gets to me is, is the convictions that God gives us. And we believe that because we are convicted, because we have a certain area of our life, we get on a platform and we say, this is what God is telling all of us to do. And Mm. you know, that's not, God is an intelligent God. We each all have a different purpose. And so the conviction he gives you might be leading you to your purpose. And you might give that conviction to somebody else and it's leading them much further away from their purpose. Mm. And I think we get confused on what we're hearing from God and thinking that yeah. is just a one size fits all. That is not how that works. Yeah. you read any stories of the Bible, God tells different people to do different things. It really just man, that gets to me. I think, and especially on social media, when people are talking about God said not to do this and not to do that. And it was kind of like, I think that was just for you, sis. I think that was for you.
0: (laughs) No, that's, that's good. Cause I mean, you see that just represented biblically, right? Like, so for some people, he wants them to go out and do this and do this task and Hey, this is your goal. This is your focus. And then over here, it's like, Hey, no, like, that, that's not a thing. It it reminds me of the sisters, essentially, when Jesus is in their house and, like, you know, they're sitting there. One of them is at Jesus's feet. One of them's cleaning the house. It was like, cool. Like, the fact that you're doing that is not a bad thing. Right. But, like, th- you're missing it. Like, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously, he made her that way to be able to want to do that. And that's what her hurt. But that's not a bad thing, but you were missing the point of what that moment was, right? But essentially, like, he gives everybody their their role and their spot and their calling for that time even, like, individually. Like, for me, for this moment of time, he's called me to do and make content. That's not for every single person on this planet, but at the same time, like, I have to obey my obedient like thing. And I can't necessarily say, Hey, every single Christian, you better be making content right now. Like, because if you're not like, man, hell's going to take over the world. Like that that just doesn't apply. That's a beautiful mindset and point for, for something that the church can improve on is, Hey, not all this stuff is meant to be for everybody. One size fits all. Beautiful mindset. Cool. Okay. So that's, that's the bad. If you have some other ones, we can get into those later. But like, that's some bad stuff. What's the church doing good? What? Where can we be like, where can we give the church its flowers?
1: I think that I see in more and more often now we're trying to get really back into communities, which I really, mm. really appreciate. Like for a while there, again, pre-COVID era, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is our building. We will be here on Sunday at blah, blah, blah time or you know, Bible study at blah, blah, blah time. And I now we're trying to reach people in so many other different ways. We're live streaming a lot more. We're using Instagram. We're getting out like feet, boots on the ground. I remember in college too, and even though this was pre-COVID, there was like church under the bridge. You would literally just go into the bridge and just listen to a sermon.
0: Oh, that's dope.
1: It was so dope. I think that we are getting a lot more back to connecting to people. And the church is yeah. doing a really good job because we're noticing that you can't pull people anymore. People are at home, they're reading, they're researching, they're, they're, they're doing a lot more to like connect with God and reaffirm their faith. And so they're going to, you gotta, you gotta do more and get in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, it, it- it's crazy how one, just the world goes through phases of where stuff gets repeated, stuff like that. We see it in fashion, right? So right now, 90s fashion is, you know, back and it's a whole thing. I've seen jelly sandals. It's it's the whole, whole yeah. vibe. <laughs> so fashion, that applies to it, but also like church history, this has been a thing too. So a long time ago in church history, they thought that, you know, the person that was at the front of the church was the most connected to God, the most holy individual, because one, they were the only ones that could read, right? And so with that, they were reading the Bible in Latin, and they were the only people that could do that. None of the church people could. So it created this separation between them, right? So that happened. Well, then the Bible got translated into English. So, oh, everybody did it. And then, boom, you have the Reformation of where Martin Luther is like, I don't know if the things that we're doing lines up with the things that this thing is saying. And you know, he, he nails his 95 thesis on the door. Right. And so that happens when English happens to the Bible. Well, now we've kind of just exited a time of where the church was really good at creating church sitters and pew sitters, right? Like people that just go to church on Sunday, they check in, check out, they punch that card and then they leave in a lot of ways, the pandemic sparked everybody back of like, I have to have my own faith to be able to make it through the things I need to make it through. Mm -hmm. And so people are reading and they're, they're re engaging their heart with in their relationship with God. And it's like, Whoa, I've been just inactive almost, even though I've been, even though I've been going and doing things, I've been inactive with my actual relationship. Right. And so it's cool seeing that now in churches are like, Hey, uh, we can't just have events. To, you can't just put on programs like <laughs> ju- just because you got a kid's event for Tuesday night doesn't mean people are going to come. Like, how does that help them? How does that apply? How does that affect their community? How does that strengthen and grow their relationship? You know, like all these things, that's what people care for. And, and you are seeing this pivot and it's, it's recognizing that church is getting smaller and smaller Which, hey, that's a, in my opinion, I think that's a good thing. It's getting smaller and smaller, small groups, D groups, community groups, all the groups, whatever people want to call them. That's where people are getting their, you know, the meat of the gospel and being fed and all those things. It's not the pastor's job to feed you. Right. Like it's your job to feed you. They can point you in the right direction. They can give you insights in ways that you've never experienced because they have, you know, spent the time, did some extra education that, Honestly, you're not going to do, um, because you're doing your own job. Like I'm not going to go to seminary while I'm also, you know, trying to, you know, run my business and do all that stuff. I don't have time to do it. Well, there are people that have spent that time already. Hey, look here, do this. Hey, this is what this thing means underneath. And that stuff is great and, and good, but like, that's not what's feeding me. My community with individuals is what's building me up and pushing me forward to where, oh man, hey, it's Monday. I'm not at church today. I can let that dictate my entire week. But if my community is strong, you know, we may meet on Tuesday nights or we may be in a text thread of where I'm seeing, you know, oh my gosh, I just had a conversation with my coworker. And then boom, now I get lifted up. And it's like, oh, here's an encouraging verse from this person, you know, community drives us. We are not meant to do life alone. And so that's, that's a huge thing. I love that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I just imagine like, you know, the stories of when Jesus had his church and he was just walking around and he then he would just go sit on a rock and then people yep. would just be like around and then he's like breaking bread, eating fish, like that is the kind of church that I like. Also, it takes away from that piece of, oh, well church is over here and then my Monday through Saturday life is over here. Like church is just every day, you just wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, God is using me today. I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm having lunch. I'm talking to Bobby and we're having lunch today. Like all of that is just a a part of church and a part of your life. And I just imagine, imagine Jesus at that time would be much happier doing church, you know, that way than entering a building once a week for an hour
0: or two. A hundred percent. No, that's, that's just so good. So, okay. Now we're going to switch and pivot gears a little bit. So you as a doctor, you're working in hospitals, you're, you know, you're dealing with a lot of different things in life. So, you know, from people being sick to people, you know, getting better and all this stuff and influx of, you know, in reality with hospitals and things like that, or even like at your practices, I don't know if you operate out of hospitals, but essentially like you're dealing with things that normally are life and death kind of stuff slash, Hey, here's medicine to make you feel better. So you don't experience death, all that kind of stuff. How has that shaped your mind for church related things? Has that helped put like, you know, I don't even know the right way to word it, but essentially like, what is that shaped in how you read and understand the Bible or church or community? Like, has that shaped any way of like being in a medical field kind of stuff?
1: Absolutely. Because one thing that has changed the most for me, because it's one, it's one thing to be in church, being around the people who think like you do act like you do. And then it's another thing to be in a world where people come from different backgrounds and religions and, all what have you, right? But the thing that I always come back to is what exactly does God have for this person? I, and, I, and I look at evangelism a lot differently now too, because one thing to be like, oh, I'm going to go to this place and convert everybody to believe what I'm believing. And then it's another thing to be like, okay, what, is, what does God have for this person? You know, they're sick, they need to get better so that they can continue to fulfill that purpose, whatever it is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what I believe in. So that's shifted a lot. And also, even in the way I pray has shifted a lot because usually we come in thinking like, oh, God, this is what I want and this is what I'm praying for. And you really just start praying his will. And you don't know what that looks like. In in, in in a lot of Christians' mind, we think we have this like one way. We're supposed to get saved. We get baptized. We do this, and this is what it's supposed to look like. And I, you know, you know what's crazy? I don't think God's will looks like that
0: for everybody. No, Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's solid. I mean, it's it's so true. But like everybody's stepping dur- just because, honestly, there's a sequence that churches is, have created, right? So same thing with a business and a sales channel and a sales funnel. That's how church operates in a lot of ways, too. Hey, new guest comes in. Great. They get introduced to this group. Oh, they get saved. Well, that then triggers this email response to this pastor that, hey, we got to get you in a baptism class. And then boom, boom, boom. Like not everybody's path is that like you can skip around, jump around, you know, do the whole thing. And in reality, the the only thing that I genuinely believe that God cares about is that we glorify and pursue like we'll glorify him and then pursue his people. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. If, if that means, you know, you get baptized in, you know, 10 years after the first time that you accepted Christ because you did as a kid. And I don't think he cares. Like, yes, he wants a public declaration. Like he wants to let people know that, Hey, I am God's like, that's great. Like he wants that. But if someone never gets the opportunity to, to be dunked in a pretty much a heated bathtub, like, I think he's good. I, I, I don't. I don't think that it is something that he's like. Yeah, that person ain't gonna be with me in eternity. Right. Like, it it's all about the heart, and that's what is reflected all throughout the scriptures. Is it's a heart thing. If if someone got baptized through their heart and they never had the chance, like even if they were on their deathbed and you know except Christ, they didn't get baptized. What does that even mean? It it doesn't matter. I think it's one of those things of just outwardly. It's like it's great. Go ahead, do it. You know, put that declaration on your life a hundred percent. But like everybody's path and everybody's journey for, for that stuff is like so very much individual basis, but also like just what God's called you to do. Like if he's, if he's saying, Hey, go get baptized, like just be obedient to what the dude is saying. Like if, if he's, if he's not pushing stuff on your heart about that, then I don't think you need to worry about it.
1: No. And I think we just persona like, we put human characteristics to God a lot. And so we think yes. how, how we would feel about something. We're like, oh, God is going to just be so disappointed. He's just at home crying because I did <laughs> this and I did that. Like, mm, he is God. He is so, yep. so much greater than the emotions that you're, your human emotions that you're feeling right now. That's, that's not exactly how he operates. And I think mm. we, we put him in a box and we really just like, minimize him so much to our own emotions that we're feeling. And I mean, that's a human thing to do. But once you remind yourself like this person is the creator of everything, he is not, he's not tripping over this little thing. You, you're going to be fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. And so good. And honestly, it's something that um, people, I think you can just get so fixated on that once they get their mind a little bit clear of where it's like, oh, he doesn't care that, like, I had this extra baked Lay's chip today when I said I was giving up baked Lay's chips for Lent. Like, he cares, but, like, at the same time, it's not something that he's like, yeah, they that's separating. Like, no. Like your relationship and you bringing Jesus Christ into your life and, you know, making him Lord over you. Like, that's the thing that, that builds that bridge. Like that thing doesn't disappear. Like, you know, that's, that's just a big, big point of where it's like, we get in the way of ourselves and how we view God because yeah, Jesus was a personified version of God. Right. Well, that doesn't mean everything that God does and operates is only in the personified version, right Like He's also the dude that's outside of time. that's also He <laughs> created every single thing that we see from down to the individual molecules of stuff to be able to even make the stuff that we man make. like it's just so wild and hard to think about, honestly.
1: Yeah, and one thing I that just came to my mind while you were talking, like when you mentioned like the blaze chip, I was just thinking how I think sometimes how we think God is going to treat us because we have quote unquote sinned or done made a mistake or done something wrong is is a example of how we see people when they have done something wrong. Ooh. And so it's a good way to do like a really quick heart check, right? It'd be like, Dang. oh my God, God is thinking this way about me, and it's like, no, that's actually how you view other people when they wow. do y and z and you can check yourself and when you give yourself grace and when you give yourself mercy and you're like ah oh, okay you know i made a mistake but i'm gonna do better next time blah, blah, blah that is how god views you and you are much more likely to do that with other people when they are making their mistakes
0: wow yeah. that's insane and amazing like just that acknowledgement is like hopefully so impactful for somebody that's listening or watching because man like if you just apply that mindset, like your grace level for people is not how God's grace level works for you. Yeah, Like it's exponential. It's off the charts, completely different. And oh my gosh. Wow. That, that just touched me. That was huge. That was a big deal. Um, man. Okay. So another question, what, what do you see in the future for church? So like, let's, let's look forward. Like what does, 25 years, what does the church look like?
1: Ooh, what does the church look like in 25 years? I think people are going to start having church in their homes. I think we're going to get away from like the big building altogether. I think yeah. we're gonna start having church in our homes. It's going to look very much like the olden days where we're just like, hey, we're going to go to the park today. Hey, we're going to go so-and-so's house because their loved one just passed away. So we're having church over there. Hey, so-and-so is sick. So our church today, we're going to make some food and we're going to bring it to her house because she's not feeling well Like. I think that's what our church is. Gonna, uh, that's what I hope for it to look like. Maybe that's me projecting. <laughs> that's
0: what I hope no, no, I'm the same way. I'm very much a dude that like f- has been following house church movement and all of those things. And, you know, me and Becca's even taken, you know, courses and things like that of doing house church stuff. So that's our heartbeat too. That's, that's really cool. Okay. And I think that either in a lot of ways, I think the pandemic like helped help set the tone of, hey, church is different and can be different. But home churches have the unique ability to do what we see in early church, Acts 1-8 model, neighborhood, city, state, region, country, world, right? Like in those rings of influence, in a lot of ways, churches would plant and they would, you know, build it and they will come kind of model. When you move to a house church system and a house church network, like, You got a church here on this end of the street. You got a church there at that that end of the street. Oh, now two blocks over. And it really infiltrates the city and it infiltrates the neighborhoods, infiltrates the state in a way that I don't think you can replicate in a local church. I don't think you can in a normal, you know, building local church. That's where I think we are too of of going. But what I don't know is essentially – if one day, you know, we know how civilizations kind of work about, you know, five to 500 to about 1500 years, like no civilization has really like killed it, been in the lead for that much amount of time. And so eventually, are is America going to get, you know, knocked off its top end pedestal of where it's like, hey, we may not be able to expressively have church in the same kind of way. So we have to go underground and, you know, do these home church stuff. Like that's what I don't know. I don't know if we're going to, you know, see it in our lifetime or not or anything like that. But I think that the the house church model caters to that whenever and if ever that does happen, that's something that I definitely have in, in my brain as well. Cause it's like, man, one, it's also explosive. Like you see in, in Asia, like all of the house churches that go on over there underground, the church is bigger than it's ever been over there. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, man, in some ways I wanted to come here so I can see that explosion and be a part of it in different ways. But also at the same time, like, I don't know if we're ready. Like I don't know if America's ready to deal with all of that and first time in their lives ever be persecuted for their beliefs and stuff like that. It's, I don't know. I don't know how that all works, but that's cool that we're on the same page there for, 25 years, I do think you're going to just see so many more, like in the last five years, house churches have exploded to where, you know, people even know what they are, right? So that means there must be enough of them that people know what they are, um, the continued growth there. Okay. That's super cool. Do you have any, any other things that you want to touch on, talk about, or subjects you're like, man, Bobby, I would love to talk about this or let, let people know about this.
1: No, but when you were talking and you're like, I don't think, you know, I don't know if we're ready for the being persecuted for our beliefs and things. I'm, I just want to say, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. Just Woo! always be ready, be inspired, have your relationship. Cause when it's time to pivot and it's time to go, I mm. like, Hey, get out of here. Cause I'm about to Sodom and Grimoire everything. Be, be ready. Just be
0: ready. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. One of our kind of life phrases in our house is just being open handedness. So like, Cool. He gives us stuff, takes away stuff, tells us to move, tell us to stay, like whatever. Like if we have this posture, then we we should be able to be okay um, because we're just going to do what he's telling us to do and it allows us to have the ultimate amount of flexibility. It's like, oh, cool. Hey, we need to pick up and go and move because, you know, stuff's about to hit the fan, like like, okay, cool. Or, Hey, we need to go have this conversation with this person, even though we don't know who they are or whatever. If I'm open-handed, like, yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm doing whatever you're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, if we're all in that kind of mindset, like it's really easy to pivot and make the change that we need to make when, when we're clenched and held tight, like this is my home. This is my, this is <laughs> my front yard. I've worked so hard on this grass. Like, this is mine. Like, it it makes life really hard when he's like, hey, I need you to pick up and leave. Yep. You know, pick up your mat and follow me mindset, right? Like he told us to those people, it's like, man, if we just operate in that mindset, in that, that act of obedience, just being there open, it, it makes that a lot easier to do.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot so, easier. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, sweet. Kaylee, thank you so much. One for responding to my Facebook message. <laughs> two, two, for joining and uh having, you know, a great conversation. It's so cool to be able to still like watch the things that you're doing. It was so cool to see that you got to go to the Super Bowl, yeah. like party stuff like that. That's dope. I was like, I was all kind of jealous. Uh, <laughs> it was just not even fair. Just being able to see life and be able to see how you have just one continued being the same person that you are from high school to now mm-hmm. is like just so encouraging, right? Cause you see so many different things. Like I saw one of our classmates just recently passed away, like in the past couple of days. And it's like, man, there's life is so wild and so short and all these different other things. Mm-hmm. But then there's people like you that come along. And it's like, man, like, if you want to look at a constant like person and like a person that has been who they are day in day out every ever since I've known them like you are a perfect person to see that follow that and you know being able to watch your life has just been super cool to experience and be a part of even from a distance Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no. So (laughs) thank you so much, uh, everybody. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you learned some stuff. I hope that things that Kaylee said hit your heart like it did mine. I mean, I definitely had some of those. If you can't say amen, you can say ouch kind of things um, hit me in my heart. And so I wanted to thank you all for listening and watching and I'll catch you next time.